0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, what is the ceiling or floor for some of the top SEC football teams heading into 2023? We'll run through what ESPN thinks, and we'll go around the conference as more folks sound off on the Georgia OC hire of Mike Bobo, a few SEC hoops nuggets, and the latest SEC guys projected to go in the first round of the NFL Draft. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. the handball. Throws. Handball. What a catch. Around the conference. And we start with a couple of off-season football nuggets. Pro football focus. Listing on Wednesday, their top 10 returners at linebacker all across the college football landscape. The top SEC player coming into their rankings, LSU's Harold Perkins, who comes in at number two after an outstanding freshman season. Max Chadwick said that uh, as a true freshman, Perkins led all Power 5 linebackers with a 91.0 pass rush grade. He ranked second among all linebackers in the country with 18 quarterback knockdowns and was tied for second in the country with four forced fumbles. Perkins is Micah Parsons-esque in that he could play either linebacker or edge defender at a very high level. He led the Tigers to 13 tackles for a loss, seven and a half sacks and four forced fumbles, while producing 72 total tackles as a five-star freshman. Also checking in on their list, coming in at number four, it's Jamin Dumas-Johnson from Georgia. Very dynamic uh, linebacker there. And then rounding out at number 10 on their list, Tyron. Hopper from Missouri. Uh, Dumas Johnson was second on uh, George's team with 70 tackles this past season, led the team with nine tackles for a loss, and Hopper finished second for Mizzou with 77 total tackles and 13.5 and tackles for loss. Coming at number one on the list, Clemson linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr., of course, a familiar name there. Now, as we start to turn the page towards some of the off-season topics for Uh, the college football world and the SEC. On Wednesday, ESPN's Bill Connolly analyzed some of the top 25 rankings and analyzed the ceiling and the floor for every team in that uh, way-too-early top 25 ranking for ESPN. Uh, Mark Schlebaugh in his rankings, uh, you know, ranked his way-too-early top 25 teams, but Bill Connolly says... A select few others in here we're gonna use the SP plus to establish ceilings and floors and said let's talk about the single biggest variable affecting which one they gravitate toward uh, for instance if they have a new starting quarterback that's probably gonna be one of the biggest variables he said while well, outliers happen every year based on injuries close games and the whims of 18 to 22 year olds and a pointy football a solid projection system can help us to find the most likely range of outcomes for teams. So let's jump into it. He starts with the Georgia Bulldogs. He sets Georgia's regular season ceiling at a perfect season at 12-0 and with their floor being at 9-3. and three. He said the Bulldogs' biggest variable for this coming season is the quarterback. He said Stetson Bennett's gone at Wallace replacement, whether it's junior Carson Beck, sophomore Brock Vandegrift, or redshirt freshman Gunnar Stockton, he said will inevitably have been much more well-touted than Stetson Bennett no matter who it is. Uh, coming out of high school, but the bar is high, especially with the new offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo. He said, still the dogs return tight end Brock Bowers, receiver Lad McConkey, three offensive line starters, and a majority of last year's starting defense. They've got what they need to make a run at a third straight national title, as long as that quarterback spot and the play calling are now outright weaknesses. Can Georgia put together another perfect season this fall? It'll depend largely on that new quarterback and new OC Mike, B- Mike Bobo, so uh, we will see what happens there. But again, ceiling for Georgia undefeated, like they just were. Floor nine and three at the worst. So pretty interesting there. Now, how about Nick Saban and Alabama? He projects Alabama's ceiling to be eleven and one, so not even an undefeated season. A eh? one-loss season is their ceiling, and he says their floor would be eight and four during the regular season. So four losses at the worst for the Tide. He said it's an epic change. Quarterback Bryce Young is gone. Edge rusher Will Anderson Jr. is gone. Both coordinators are gone. Replaced by Tommy Reese on offense, Kevin Still on defense. Nick Saban remains an ace recruiter, and the Tide's depth chart will be as loaded as ever with former blue chippers. But with Saban passing on a transfer quarterback, looks like it's either going to be Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson. Maybe one of the incoming freshmen, Eli Holstein or Dylan Lonergan. Uh, but he says good that whoever it is, they're going to be piloting a new look, new identity, and a new offensive line here on the offense. The defense will have about seven new starters. How much change is too much? Can recent steel help the tide reach their ceiling? So interesting there. Alabama at their best. Bill Connolly does, doesn't even project an undefeated season. A one-loss season at 11-1 or, at worst, an 8-4 and season. How about Brian Kelly over at LSU? He puts their ceiling at 11-1, their floor at 7-5. He says the biggest variable will be big plays. And Brian Kelly's first season in Baton Rouge, the Tigers won 10 games and stole the SEC West with an upset of Alabama. With Jaden Daniels and his scrambling ability and much of the offense returning, and with Matt House's defense bringing in 10 transfers to go with safety Greg Brooks, it's easy to think big, but winning the easy points battle is key to making a title push. LSU ranked 101st in marginal explosiveness on offense last year and 50th on defense. Efficiency, no problem, but big plays, that's what LSU is looking for in 2023. So LSU at best 11 and one, at worst, they go seven and five. How about over on Rocky Top for the Vols? Again, they come in at number 10 on the way too early top 25 rankings. Uh, Connolly has their ceiling at 11-1 and, and their floor at 7-5. and five. He said the big reason or uh, big factor here is going to be Joe Milton. He says, does it derail or does it take off? He said, as I wrote in Tuesday's SP Plus projections piece, Milton has seduced multiple head coaches with his rocket launcher arm, but he has also twice lost the starting job. If he prob- properly captains Josh Heupel's up-tempo offense, Quarterback-friendly attack that returns a loaded run game and talented receivers like Brew McCoy and Ramel Keaton. And the uh, key—the sky's the limit for a Vols team that boasts massive defensive experience and hosts Georgia this year. Is Milton's third time a charm? We will see. Milton did look good against Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Let's see if he carries some momentum into this year. The last SEC team that came in—Mark Slaybaugh's way too early, top twenty-five preseason rankings. He had Ole Miss at number 20. Bill Connolly has their ceiling at 9-3, the ceiling at 9-3, and, and their floor at 5-7. That's what AM just did. He says the biggest variable is going to be quarterback. After starting 8-1 and, and averaging 37 points a game last year, Lane Kiffin's Rebels lost their last four games and averaged just 24 points a game in those. Jackson Dart ranked 15th in total QBR prior to November 1st. And then he dropped to 64th after that. As he uh, looks to do, Kiffin, he was aggressive in bringing in reinforcements. Brought in Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State transfer. Brought in Walker Howard, former top 50 recruit from LSU. They're all gonna compete for that quarterback job. He said the Rebels defense is loaded with seniors, but we'll see if they get what they need from the most important position in the sport. So, man, all over the board there. Ole Miss could be nine and three at worst five and seven again this is Bill Connolly from ESPN just to throw in a couple of other wrinkles in here for future SEC teams he's got the Texas Longhorns ceiling at 11 and one under Steve Sarkisian their floor at seven and five and the same thing with Oklahoma ceiling 11 and one under Brent Venables seven and five their floor for Oklahoma and there you have it that is uh, Bill Connolly's uh, floor and ceiling for some of the top teams in the SEC, uh, based on you know teams that are ranked in their preseason top twenty-five. A quarter mark, Shalabaugh. So uh, we will continue going on around the conference. Got some other tidbits we will get to in just a second. But first, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day, and I want to remind you guys that the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download Fanduel. America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 bet. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe and secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and three-pointers. So many different bets that that you can get in on on the action. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay Don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Along here, locked on SEC. We got plenty more of stuff to get into as we continue to go around the conference. But uh, first up, wanted to mention a quick uh, SEC basketball nugget: Alabama coming back down to earth after a uh, undefeated run in the SEC. They were 12 and 0 coming into Wednesday evening, and Bama falls on Rocky Top, losing to the Vols. And Tennessee improves to 9-4 in the conference, 20-6 overall. All Alabama drops to 22-4 overall, 12-1 in the SEC. All good things must come to an end, but uh, Bama losing their first SEC game of the season and a monster, monster win for Rick Barnes' crew because they, uh, man, suffered some heartbreaking losses as of late. uh, Losing on a three-pointer Vanderbilt, losing on a three-pointer against Mizzou, It was a rough couple of games for the Vols, so they uh, bounce back with a monster win over Alabama and the Crimson Tide. Uh, They'll look their wounds a little bit, but they'll bounce back. Uh, They'll get Georgia coming up in a couple of days, finish out their schedule at South Carolina, home for Arkansas and Auburn, and then finish on the road at A&M. So uh, Nate Oates and company are going to look to bounce back there, but props to Tennessee. Monster, monster win over Alabama on Wednesday night. Let's get into some of the other nuggets going on around the conference. The big news coming out just two days ago is Mike Bobo takes over as offensive coordinator at Georgia, and some prominent Georgia folks sounding off on the hire. We'll start first with Aaron Murray, who was at Georgia from 09 to 2013 as Georgia quarterback, his offensive coordinator. During some of that time, it was Mike Bobo, who recently got promoted to that same role. On XM on Wednesday, Murray talked about Mike Bobo. He said, look, one of the reasons why I committed to Georgia was because of Bobo. The fact that he played at Georgia himself, and obviously Coach Mark Rick as well was a former quarterback, so I knew that I was going to get someone that was, was a great sounding board. It's been in my shoes, understands what it was like, what it means to be a quarterback at the University of Georgia. He said, Bobo's going to get the most out of them. Obviously, he got the most out of me. I'm a six-foot quarterback with good arm strength. Not great. I'm somewhat athletic, and he turned me into a guy that holds almost every record in the SEC when it comes to quarterback stats. If he can do that with me, I think he can do that with the guys on Georgia's roster who are a lot more athletic than me. So, Aaron Murray giving Mike Bobo the stamp of approval. Another guy, Mark Rick, who was the head coach at Georgia from 01 to 2015. Bobo was there from 2001 to 2014. He's Georgia's quarterback coach uh, before adding the title of offensive coordinator. And Mark Rick, talking with DogNation.com, said he's happy for Bobo. He said, look, I love Mike. He's a great person, great coach. Really happy for him and Bulldog Nation. He said it's the thing that makes a lot of sense because no question, it's going to make this transition easier going from Munkin to Bobo. One of the toughest things to do when you transition staff is get new people in, especially a new coordinator. That could keep that continuity of your system. When you have someone in there as an analyst, they know the system and understand the terminology. There could be a learning curve for the players when you bring someone in new. When your coordinator understands the terminology, the reasons behind everything makes the transition much easier. So, ringing endorsement from two guys that obviously, look, are good friends of him, Aaron Murray and Mark Rick. But nonetheless, two prominent people giving their ringing endorsement for Mike Bobo taking over as Georgia O.C., once again. Some other SEC news, a former Alabama wide receiver. Remember Treshawn Holden? Went through some ups and downs in his time in Tuscaloosa. This offseason jumped up to the Pac-12 to go play for the Oregon Ducks. But it looks like Holden will not get the opportunity to play for Oregon and catch passes from Bo Nix. He was arrested early on Wednesday morning, facing three charges, menacing unlawful use of a weapon and coercion. Holden was dismissed by Oregon head coach Dan Lanning. Released a statement, said, We're aware of the incident involving Treshawn, and he has been dismissed from our team. We have high standards for student-athletes in our football program, and we're disappointed with those standards not being met. Holden spent first three years of his college career at Alabama, caught uh, over 570 yards with seven touchdowns in his time in Tuscaloosa, but, uh, man, tough story for him. Uh, over at Ole Miss... They officially announced the hiring of running backs coach Kevin Smith. Joins Ole Miss after spending last season at Miami. Was with Ole Miss in 2020 and 2021. And Coach Elaine Kiffin at FAU prior to that. Uh, Kiffin said in a release, Coach Smith helped lay the foundation for the championship program that we're building here at Ole Miss. We look forward to welcoming him back to our staff. His return, along with the return of Quinshawn Judkins and our other backs, built some amazing excitement to see what levels can be reached with that position. During his most recent year at Ole Miss, Smith helped develop three running backs who placed in the top 25 of SEC rushing back in 2021. That was Jerry O'Neely Snoop Conner, and Henry Parrish. Uh, Smith replaces Mark called Blackwell, who left for the same role at Texas A&M. Meanwhile, over at Kentucky, a former wide receiver there, Gerard Parker, he is reportedly set to be named the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame who replaced Tommy Reese, who left the Irish for Alabama. Parker currently works for the Irish, coaching their tight ends. Notre Dame hired uh, Wisconsin passing game coordinator Gino Guadugli as their next quarterback's coach Wednesday, and head coach Marcus Freeman, ready to promote from within, according to Football Scoop, saying that uh, Gerard Parker is going to be named the offensive coordinator there at Notre Dame. Parker spent five years at Kentucky from 2000 to 2004, but only saw playing time his senior season, gotten coaching soon after that. And uh, as we look ahead to Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC, Kirk Bowles of uh, the Austin American Statesman had a blog up yesterday talking about Texas and OU coming to the conference. He said, look, a few tidbits after talking with Greg Sankey, don't look for the SEC to expand beyond their 16 teams with Texas and Oklahoma joining the league next summer. Uh, Greg Sankey said last week, we're focusing on moving to 16. There's plenty of talk out there about other future expansion. We feel we have a future with 16 outstanding members, but we're mindful of what's going on. Bull said, we assume both Texas and Oklahoma will join the league and uh, will receive full shares like the other 14 schools. But Sankey said, I don't delve into the details of what kind of shares they're getting. I uh, went on to say Texas has four future football games against Georgia and Florida that had been scheduled as non-conference games. We assume those will get canceled with the Longhorns coming to the SEC. He said he did hear a rumor that the SEC could hold its conference basketball tournament at Texas's Moody Center in the future. That's their basketball arena. Sankey shot that down. He said, not sure where that rumor got started. We're in Nashville for the next year. The women's tournament is in Greenville this year. In the next two years, our league has not shown a willingness to go to facilities used for campus games. That said, it won't surprise at all if the SEC – or to maybe move their media days to Dallas or Houston in the near future with uh, the Texas footprint getting a little bigger in the SEC. And Bulls closed things out. He said, I still think Texas's permanent rivals in football should be Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. He said, most Razorbacks still consider the Longhorns their top rival. Oklahoma, they should be grouped with Texas, Texas A&M, and Missouri. And the Aggies should be linked with Texas, Oklahoma, and either LSU or Arkansas. He said it would make no sense for the Aggies and Longhorns not to play annually, and I agree. If we're going to do this, um, uh, keeping some rivalries, I think that's one we have to keep, or bring back, rather, with the Aggies and the Longhorns. They hate each other, and I think the rest of the SEC would enjoy watching them hate on each other and beat up on one another. And there you have it. That's uh, some of the latest going on around the conference. When we return, coming up next, uh, Tom McShay got his latest Mock NFL draft out. He's got a ton of SEC guys going in the first round. We'll tell you who that is coming up in just a sec. Roll <music> well, along here, locked on SEC, and as we jump back into it, Todd McShay, one of ESPN's top uh, mock drafters out there. He has put out his latest round one mock draft update and uh, this comes ahead of the NFL Combine coming up in Indianapolis later this month. McShay very high on a bunch of SEC guys, as we typically are. He has a trade happening in the first pick. He has got the Indianapolis Colts trading up from pick four to pick number one with the Chicago Bears to go grab former Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young quarterback out of Alabama. As this plays out, he's got Will Anderson from Alabama going number three overall to the Arizona Cardinals, so that would be big with Bama getting uh, two picks in the top three. Then he has Jalen Carter from Georgia going fourth overall to the Bears in this scenario. Again, Bears traded back from one to four. He's got Will Levis, Kentucky quarterback, going seventh overall to the Las Vegas Raiders. Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback, going ninth overall to the Carolina Panthers. It just seems like Such a reach. I love Anthony Richardson, friend of the show, been on a couple of times, but seems a little bit like a project. I keep saying, feels like he never really perfected himself as the quarterback of the Florida Gators. How do we expect he's going to just immediately jump and perfect himself as an NFL quarterback? Time will tell. But Anthony Richardson projected to go ninth overall. Other SEC guys, he's got Broderick Jones, George offensive lineman, going thirteenth overall to the Jets. Keely Ringo. Cornerback out of Georgia, going 18th overall to the Lions. Brian Branch, Alabama defensive back, going 20th overall to the Seahawks. And then the back end of the first round, uh, South Carolina DB Cam Smith going 21st to the Los Angeles Chargers. 26th overall, Florida offensive lineman Osiris Torrance. That's such a good senior bowl. It was really impressive. Uh thought he would be projected a little bit higher than that. And how about sneaking into the back end of the first round? This is from Todd McShea. He's got Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama, sneaking in at 27th overall to the Buffalo Bills. A lot of people think that uh, Bijan Robinson, a running back from Texas, could be the lone running back to go in the first round of this year's draft. But Jameer Gibbs, seen a lot of scouts very high on him, uh, looking at a lot of his highlights from his lone year at Alabama this year with that shiftiness where he can juke uh, several players. There were clips from that Texas game where he juked a couple of defenders out of their shoes. Jameer Gibbs, very attractive uh from for NFL Scouts, and his draft stock starting to go up. It's originally projected as mostly a second rounder, but again, Tom McShay got him sneaking into the back end of the first round. So we'll see what happens with Jameer Gibbs among others. But that's uh four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven SEC guys projected to go in the first round, according to Todd McShay. We'll see if it plays out that way. And lastly, before we get out of here, some uh, more SEC spring game dates have been announced. So just to catch you guys up, uh, Missouri, going to be the lone SEC team to have their spring game next month. Going to be starting up on March 18th, so they'll get theirs out of the way very early. And then once we get into April, Auburn is scheduled for April 8th. The next week, it'll be Florida. I think it's a Thursday night game on April 13th. That Saturday, we got the bulk of the SEC. April 15th, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas AM, Georgia, and Mississippi State. All scheduled to have their spring games on April 15th. And the next weekend on April 22nd, Alabama and LSU slated for that date. Now, we're still waiting on two more, South Carolina and Vanderbilt. As of this recording, we don't have official dates set yet for their spring games, but got to think that's going to be coming very soon. And by the way, Kentucky's already announced they will not have a spring game because of uh, replacing the turf there at Kroger Kroger Field, just not feasible. But um, nonetheless, if you're doing some planning, want to go to your spring game, want to go visit other SEC campuses for their spring games, those are the dates that you need to put on your calendar if you want to go check any of those out. There you have it. That's the latest going on around the conference. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure you go check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball, everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Hear from some big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.